Hey, this is Joe Bonzel with the Oak Ridge Boys, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I am your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, from the music industry, we have a guest for you. It's Joe Bonsell from the Oak Ridge Boys. He's here to talk about the Oak Ridge Boys, their songs, Elvira, of course, and their new album that is out. It's a live album. They haven't done one in the past. So this is a really great thing. Stick around. Joe Bonsell is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. But we've got a lot of things coming your way, so we got to get right into that. But I just do want to let you know that we've got some fascinating guests coming up in the next few weeks here on On Screen and Beyond. I have been getting into, uh, you know, getting more guests here and uh, just some great ones coming your way. So I hope you're going to join us for that. What do you say? Let's get into Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, it looks like it's not going to stop. The book to the big screen. Captain Underpants will star the voice of Kevin Hart. And it's going to come our way on January 13th, 2017. And the big screen version of the video game Sonic Hedgehog is in the works. And they are looking to remake Scooby-Doo back on the big screen once again. No word if it's going to be live action or animated, but we'll keep you informed. That's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. It looks like 2015. You can look for I Saw the Light. It's a biopic about the life of country sensation Hank Williams starring Tom Hiddleston. And look for Mark Wahlberg John Goodman and Jessica Lange to star in The Gambler as a literature professor with a gambling problem bumps heads with gangsters. And look for Lisa Marie and George Wint in The Hollywood Reboot. That's right, it's a film about four nerds who kidnap a hack director to prevent him from remaking a beloved childhood cartoon into a summer blockbuster. Bet they figured that one out from, you know, real life. <laughs> That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City, it looks like the sequel to Now You See Me 2 will start shooting in the fall. And Pierce Brosnan is rumored to be part of The Expendables 4. Now, 3 hasn't come out, but they're already planning 4. And The Croods 2 has been given a release date of November 3rd, 2017. That's it 
for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, it looks like Cedar Cove Season 1 will arrive on DVD on July 15th. And the fall of 2014 will bring us The Wonder Years, the complete series, and it will feature collectible limited edition metal locker. Now, this thing is really cool. <laughs> and it's going to include 26 DVDs and bonus features and a Kennedy Junior High Wildcats yearbook and a lot more. So watch out for that one. Of course, that's going to be a, a special one they're going to be having. And you can look for Two and a Half Men, the complete 11th season to land in stores in October. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, Disney Nature's Bears, will be available on Blu-ray Combo Pack on August 12th. And God's Not Dead with Kevin Sorbo, who, of course, joined us this year to talk about that film. And you can listen to that episode by going to onscreenandbeyond.com and go into our rerun section. You'll find it there. And it's going to arrive on DVD on August 5th. And Need for Speed with Aaron Paul comes our way on August 5th also. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. <laughs> TV and Entertainment Time. Well, Chelsea Handler may be ending her talk show on E!, but she will not fade away. She has struck a deal with Netflix to have a new talk show and a stand-up comedy, and also four docu-comedy specials. So she's going to be busy, and Netflix is taking a hold of that. HBO is working on a True Blood musical. That's right, True Blood the musical will be coming our way from HBO. And 1965's TV puppet show The Thunderbirds gets a new life and new episodes in the spring of 2015 on Go Channel. That is it for TV time and entertainment news. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Joe Bonsell of the Oak Ridge Boys. That's right, Elvira, Bobby Sue, all those great songs. They have a new album out, and it's alive. It's called uh, Boys Night Out. And he's right here at On Screen and Beyond to tell you all about it and to tell us a whole lot of other stuff. Joe Bonsell, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond has won multiple Grammys and Country Music Awards. He is a singer and a writer. He's a member of the Oak Ridge Boys, whose current album is Boys Night Out, the Oak Ridge Boys Live, and it's their first live album. It's Joe Bonsale. Joe, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, Brian. It's great to talk to you today, man. Thanks for having me on. Joe, I was so excited to get you on the show. This is this is just great. Uh, I, I've loved your music over the years, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, as you know, the Oak Ridge Boys are very blessed, man. We've been around a long time. We've accomplished a lot of really cool things, and uh, I think we're very we find ourselves very thankful these days to still be around, feeling good, and singing good. Well, well, Joe, I want to ask you about that. Now, the history of the Oak Ridge Boys uh, goes 
a lot further back than than what many of us know about. Uh, I mean, this started back in the 1940s, correct? That's right, Brian. Of course, none of us were in that group. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no kidding. We have an incredible history. In fact, I am working on a brand new book right now about the Oak Ridge Boys. It's called On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys by Joseph S. Fonzel. It releases next uh, spring in uh on the on the Harvest House publishing uh Har- I almost said label that's a record label <laughs> Harvest House publishing books and um it's really ironic you would say that because just recently I was looking back upon and and trying to write a fresh look at uh, the Oak Ridge Boys history in World War II that that maybe hasn't been said before or hasn't written before the bottom line here is there was a group called the Georgia Clodhoppers in Knoxville Tennessee they were kind of a gospel bluegrass band and when they were working on the Manhattan Project at Oak Ridge, at the secret installation there, the bomb that would end, as you know, that was where the atomic bomb was developed and would end the war in the Pacific in 1945, mm-hmm. this group was the only outside group allowed into that facility to entertain the people who were sequestered there. Wow. And there were thousands in there, man. There were, there were um, you know, doctors and uh, scientists and military personnel and their families, and they were all working on different parts of the components of the of what would be the atomic bomb so these guys would come in and on a saturday night they came in and sang and gospel songs were a big deal back then and they they sang a lot of gospel and eventually became known as the oak ridge quartet and which is good because georgia clodhoppers would have been a terrible name to carry for five decades (laughs) (laughs) but anyhow man after the war was over they moved to nashville began to host the uh friday night uh grand Ole opry all night singing convention guy named Wally Fowler hooked up with the group. They were Wally Fowler in the Oak Ridge Quartet for a long time. In the 50s, they changed their name to the Oak Ridge Boys, changed personnel a bunch. And the first one of us to join what was the Oak Ridge Boys then uh, was William Lee Golden, the guy with the long beard and hair in our group. He joined mm-hmm. in 65, Dwayne Allen in 66, Richard Sturbin, the bass singer, in 72, and I joined in 1973. And the four of us have been singing together now for 41 years. Wow. And And then... After you guys, the four, you know, the bunch of you got together there, that's when the hit started coming like crazy. Well, you know, we didn't go to bed as a gospel quartet and wake up as a, you know, an American hit-making act here. It was a little uh, metamorphosis there mm-hmm. in some dark years and gray years for us. But in 1977, we had a song come out on the MCA record label called Y'all Come Back Saloon. Mm-hmm. And that song changed everything for the Oak Ridge Boys. That set in motion a series of hit records that is uh that's really quite historical and, uh, and and album sales and concerts and you know and then around 81 when Elvira hit it just build on to it even more and oh, we yeah. have been very lucky that we've had such an incredible incredible career of uh of hit records and and and, and everything else yeah that's i mean and looking at the hits that you've had over the years it's just amazing and and of course like you said Elvira i mean do you do you ever tire of playing that cuz i'm sure if you didn't play it you know, there'd be a lynching. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, this, it, it, it would be against the law in all 50 states, I think, uh, <laughs> if we did, did not sing Elvira. And uh, I can only think of maybe two times in our history, and both of those were big, gigantic storms that maybe rained us off a stage somewhere where Elvira didn't get on the show. But uh, And we were probably trying to sing it as we left. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, Elvira is just one of those magical songs, man. Nobody can call something like that. Everybody in this town would love to have an Elvira. Oh. I'd have liked to have had three or four more, to be honest. They were just, it was just so big. It's amazing how big a song can be. It's amazing that a song can be so big it changes everything. And Elvira did that for the Oak Ridge Boys. It took us from being a well-known country band to a household name. 
Oh, yeah, and, and it crossed lines all over the place. I mean, it wasn't just country then. It became pop, yeah. and, and it was just amazing. Well, the crazy part was it took the whole year of 1981 up. I mean, from March till June, it was the biggest thing in country. Mm. And then we released a song called Fancy Free to Country, and while we were doing that, while Fancy Free was hitting big all summer long on country radio, Elvira crossed over and hit big for the rest of the year in pop radio. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it became one of those big summertown, summertime, uh, summertime pop songs that everybody was singing. Kids, oh, oh, adults, everybody. You know, Boy Scouts, seventh inning of the baseball game, picnics, church groups. Everybody was singing Oom Papa Mau Mau with mm-hmm. the Oak Boys. <laughs> and you just, like I say, you just can't really call that, man. It just, uh, it just happened. It was magic. And it still is today, you know, as old as we are now. You can't walk through an airport and some guy don't go, hey, man, Elvira. <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll never go away. Yeah, it's but, but you know, there, really, there's only a handful of songs that have that effect, you know. There's just not that many. I mean, there's a lot of great songs, don't get me wrong, but, but oh, yeah. there's the ones that are just there, and, and I, I just can't well, explain look- it. <laughs> Let's look at 1981 in particular. There were about five monster songs in 81 with Elvira. There was Celebrate, Celebrate right. Good Times, come yeah. on. Cool that? Again, yeah. There was Betty Davis Eyes. Mm-hmm. There was Jesse's Girl. Yeah, Rick Springfield. Yeah, and that was a big, big record, and that's all I can remember right now. But let's just take those three and Elvira. Over all of these years now, I guarantee you when Rick Springfield goes out to sing, it's still a big song for him, like Elvira is for us. But I don't think anything has had that kind of staying power. Yeah, no, 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 that's for sure. And, 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 I mean, that's just amazing to me because technically, I mean, this is just us talking. I'd say technically all three of those other records I just mentioned were probably better records than Elvira to me. Probably even better songs. I mean, Elvira is just a fun little ditty song. Oh, yeah. But it's the kind of thing that just... Again, you can't explain it, man. It reaches in there, and people just love it, and they sing it, and it becomes a part of their lives, and they identify it with us, which is really important. It wasn't just that Elvira was a big song on the radio. People knew it was us singing it. Right, yeah. yeah. Now, the, actually, so, that song came out before, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dallas Fraser, uh, who actually wrote the song Alley Ute back in the 60s, I may be predating you, Oh, no, but, I remember. Uh, okay, he had Alley Oop when he was with the Hollywood Argyles, and yeah. he wrote Elvira around 64. And he had a regional hit with it. Rodney Crowell had a record on it. Kenny Rogers had a, and the first edition had the weirdest rendition. They, they did it real minory. Elvira, like it was a like scary kind of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I love Kenny, and I always laugh at how they did Elvira. But when we recorded it, the magic happened. It just did. Uh, I guess it was a mixture I think it's mostly Richard singing Oom Papa Mau Mau's with that bass voice is what did it. I mean, you know, nobody else has one of those but us. Yeah. And uh, there may be a bass singer here and there somewhere, but Richard is the most famous bass singer in the world because of that little hook line. And then the, the next year, you know, Bobby Sue, when he was out there going, Bah, bah, Bobby Sue, that, right. that, that kind of did it again. So yep. uh, yeah. I, I think we all owe a, a good living to Richard. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. And uh, now, what about... This album that you've got out, the uh, the Boys' Night Out, uh, live album. You've never done a live album in all the years that you've been together? Back in the 60s, the Oaks did a live album that was all gospel, okay, mm-hmm. just to be honest. And then in the middle 70s, we recorded some live cuts 
on just a bunch of stuff that was just stuff. We had, nobody even knew about it. So I can't say it was the absolute first ever live album. But in the last 41 years we've been singing together, you have to say that it is. And it's the first time we've ever released all our big hits mm-hmm. done live. Yeah. And people have wanted this for years. Fans have clamored for it. People say, hey, man, when are you guys going to cut a big live album? Man, we love your live show. I wish you had a live album. So we finally got around to doing it. And what happened was, is even before Cleopatra Records got involved and decided to release this thing, uh, our lead singer, Dwayne Allen, said, you know, guys, we're, we're getting older. We're still singing really good. We ought to get some of this stuff down on tape and start recording some live shows for posterity, if for anything else. Mm-hmm. And so we just started recording shows. And we ended up with about 60 songs, actually. We could record a big, gigantic, we could release a big box set someday right, if yeah. this thing really goes well. Wow. And we may do that anyway, but the um, fact is, Cleopatra got involved. They came in with our manager, Jim Halsey, and said, man, we'd love to release a, a live album on the Oak Ridge Boys, man. It's worldwide. We'll release it on CD, MP3, vinyl, the whole bit, release it all over the world, and uh, see what we get. And so now, all of a sudden, we had a, a vehicle to carry the album. So we basically picked 14 of the biggest songs, tried to balance it out real good, make it just put it together just like the show that, as it was recorded, and see what happens. And uh, the result is Boys Night Out on live on Cleopatra Records, and it's it's doing really good too. So a lot of people are having a lot of fun with it. I think I know we are. That's great. Yeah. Gee. What about um, of all the songs you've done? And you know, I mean, you've had tremendous hits and everything. But what is your favorite song personally? I mean, and I'm not talking about you know what's making you the most money <laughs> and all of that, but uh, or critics or anything like that. But but what song do you like the best? Uh, my favorite song is a song I got to record in 1984. It was a big number one country hit, So Happens, but the song is a great song written by a great young songwriter of the day called Randy Van Warmer. The song is Never Hurts to Hurt Sometimes. Oh. And I have always really enjoyed that song. I thought it was one of the better songs I've ever had the opportunity to sing lead on. And um, so I guess if I'm pushed to the wall, I have to say Never Hurts. Yeah. Now, Randy Van Warmer, he also had the hit um, Just When I Needed You Most, right? He sure did. And, you know, he passed away at age 48. Wow, that's a shame. Yeah, he died of leukemia just uh, several years ago. And uh, Randy's a great writer. He's written a lot of great songs. And I know we've recorded several of his songs over the years, but never hurts. Uh, that was the big monster for us. And, man, you are right. You left me just when I needed you most. Yep. That was Randy. His big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good song. And after his solo career, after that song kind of didn't go anywhere, he moved to Nashville and settled in with the writing community here and uh, started writing big hit songs for a lot of people. Hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you went off with Sawyer Brown to do a little thing there for for a, a short time, right? Yeah, I cut a song with uh, me and Mark Miller are good friends. And uh, he called me one night and said, I've written this song called Outgoing Cat and Man, and I want, I want you to come sing it with me. I said, well, okay. <laughs> so I went down to the studio, and I sang it with him, and I didn't really know what would happen with it. We just had fun goofing. And uh, the song became a big number one hit. Next thing you know, now I had to go do a video with him. <laughs> So my wife and I went to New York, and we shot a video in the freezing cold weather. 
uh, on outgoing cat and and I that video is on YouTube and uh, it's the most eighties looking thing you have ever seen. <laughs> Some things are dated. That's right. <laughs> Oh, they're dated for sure. But I got to tell you, man, people remember Outgoing Cat, and I still have people today talk about it. You just did. You asked about right, it. People yeah. still bring it up. So yeah. it was a big number one record for Sawyer Brown, and it was always kind of fun for me to. I got. I have a song I sang with my buddy Mark Miller and Sawyer Brown. That was really fun. Hmm. Now, it's like you... I was with another group there for a day or two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How did you become <laughs> involved in music? Uh, was it something you did ever since you were just a little kid, or? Yeah, pretty much. I I, I grew up loving music, loving to sing. Went through different phases of being a little kid singer, singing in church when I was real little, singing in talent contests later. I never won. And, uh, and then being Elvis for a couple of years. I, I was Elvis in my, in my back room like a lot of guys were. And eventually I, got the, I fell in love with gospel quartet music, man, and started following the big southern-style gospel quartets. And that, that's what really generated an interest in me to maybe someday pursue singing, was I wanted to sing in a quartet. Well, I, I got my wish. I sang a lot of gospel for a lot of years, and... And I'm still with a quartet. Yeah. So how did you become involved with the Oak Ridge Boys? Well, I was with a gospel group called the Keystones, living up north in Buffalo, New York. And uh, Richard and I had sang together for years. And Richard, of course, left my little group, went with J.D. and the Stamps and backed up Elvis, then joined the Oaks in 72. Well, during that time, even before Richard went with the Oaks, I promoted the Oak Ridge Boys up north. I promoted a lot of shows, brought the Oaks up there. We became good friends. Dwayne Allen started producing my little group on his label. So when they made a change in 73, they, they thought I was a natural choice to come, in, come down here and sing. And uh, so I joined the Oaks in 73. And now here we are 40, 41 years later, and you guys are still going strong. I'll tell you what, man. I was 25 years old when I joined the Oak Ridge Boys, and I'm now 66. Figure wow. that out. Jeez. That is. It's amazing to yeah. me. Yeah. Now, how do, you, how do you guys do that? You know, a lot of groups... Uh, they go 10 years maybe or you know the beatles were 10 years and and different groups that that are big they they have conflict and and things don't work out but you you guys 40 years it's an oak ridge boy thing it's a mindset i think it existed here before any of us ever joined and we have honed it in all of the years we've been together it's just a group and a mindset where we just don't even know how to stop how to slow down don't let any problems stop us. Always get by them and keep on singing. It's just the thing here. It's 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 an amazing thing too. I, I don't. I think very few people have had this experience. Some have, and uh, and uh, they'll know what I'm talking about. But I I think this group's just a phenomenon as to how we have progressed through all of these years and all of these decades and still go out and play 150 dates a year. Still release new and relevant music. Still have a good time singing, jumping on the bus saying, hey, man, let's go sing, and having a good time doing it. I mean, and it's, and thanks, thankfully, God has given us the health to do it, mm -hmm. uh, because that would be the one thing would slow us down, you know, right. if everybody, like, say, wasn't healthy anymore. You know, if there's some kind of big deal heart attack or cancer or something jumping from behind a tree, mm -hmm. uh, that would slow things down and change our way of thinking, obviously. But beings that hasn't happened, and I'm thankful it hasn't, hey, man, we just keep on singing. I don't think we realize how old we are. Yeah, jeez. And, and, and maybe someday it'll hit us. Maybe one day we're going to wake up and go, "Holy crap, man!" <laughs> we, got, you know, when people say, people say sometimes, "Oak Ridge Boys, man, aren't they old guys?" Yeah, they are actually. <laughs> but you know, I kind of think of some of the old rock and rollers that are still out there today. I'll just say Rolling Stones and stop there. But I could really go on the list pretty big there if I, you know, 
I, I mean, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger, two of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Springsteen's a year younger than me, and Seger's three years older than me, and they're both out there rocking their cans off. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I guess it's just that mindset I was talking about. Um, uh, everybody talks about it when you're younger. That, oh, I don't know. I can't picture myself doing this 10 years from now. And you get to 10 years from now, and you look around, and you go, you know, man, I'm singing songs for a living. My, my, my daddy worked in a factory, man. That was hard work. I sing songs for a living here. Mm-hmm. Why stop? Yeah, yeah. Look, look over there at Kenny Rogers and Willie Nelson right now. They're, those guys are in their eighties. We just lost Ray Price in country music. Ray was what eighty something. Yeah. George Jones in his eighties. Mm-hmm. Those guys were singing right till the end, man. I, I see that with the Oak Ridge Boys. I said, I think the way it will end is someone will say, "Hey, Joe ain't coming to the bus. He's dead." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll go, "Oh well, I guess it's over for him." <laughs> But I guarantee you, I'll probably be on the way to the bus. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, I mean, that, that's, you know, uh, and, and the thing is, I can hear the enthousi- enthusiasm in your voice. You still seem to really enjoy doing it. Listen, man, I am stoked. This is CMA week in Nashville. We're not taking part in a whole lot of activities, but we are some. And uh, we've got to go out of town and play three dates this week. But we're, we're here at a big event tomorrow and Sunday, Sunday night. And tonight... It's the Grand Ole Opry, man. Two big shows on the Grand Ole Opry. The Oak Ridge Boys, as well as, I, I think, Kerry Underwood and Jennifer Nettles and uh, Trace Atkins and Josh Turner and Terry Clark. Big night at the Opry tonight. I am stoked about it. I can't wait to hit the stage tonight and blast. Wow. Yeah. Now, I can't wait. And, and I got it down. We're going to sing Y'all Come Back Saloon. We're going to sing a kicking song called Roll Tennessee River. And we're going to sing Elvira, of course. Yeah. Now, do you have any? And it will be gangbusters. It will be gangbusters on the stage of the opera. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. How could you not be excited about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you guys have any new music uh, planned? New albums? Well, ironically, as we were talking a little gospel earlier, uh, we got a phone call not too long ago from our good friend Bill Gaither, and Bill wants the Oaks to go in on the Gaither label and record an album of familiar hymns. We've never done that before. Mm-hmm. So we're going to record, now this ain't new music, obviously, we're going to sing old, old hymns. But that just goes to show you how broad-minded the Oak Ridge Boys are on what we do. Here's a big, gigantic album of kicking, rocking hits, and now we're going to go in the studio and cut a, and sing the old Rugged Cross. Wow. Now, how much fun is that? Yeah. And then maybe next year, we're looking at possibly a brand new country album. So uh, Dwayne's looking for new songs now because it's looking like we may get the opportunity to do that. So it keeps going, man. It that's, keeps going. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it is. Joe, you also are a very talented writer too. You've you've written children's books and and other mm-hmm. other books, right? Yeah, I've had some nice success at that. Uh, the Molly the Cat book series in the early '90s for Ideals Children's Books was huge and really kind of set that ball rolling. And I wrote a book a few years ago called G.I. Joe and Lily, based on the life of my parents in World War II. Mm-hmm. It was a very big selling book, and uh, um, I, I, I so far to this date, I think it's my best effort. I've written a couple of other books, and uh, like I say, I'm working on this new Oak Ridge Boy book right now. So, yeah, I like to write. I enjoy it. I enjoy that process as well. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> you just keep going and going with different things. That's great. Yeah, and I've, I've learned how to play the banjo. Ah. <laughs> to, to the dismay of some, to the delight of others. That That's tricky, though, isn't it? Playing the, the banjo. You know what, man? Had I known it was as hard to learn as it, as it is, I've never played a musical instrument, so I've always just been a singer. So. Mm-hmm. When I took up the banjo, I thought, this ain't going to be that hard, man. It'll, it'll be fun to play it because it's a cool sound, and I, I think I'll really enjoy it. And now about 12 years later, I'm finally starting to get to play it. Mm-hmm. I'm finally playing it, I think, really right now. But, boy, it took me a long time. The thing's hard. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people say that. And, you know, I mean, somebody, you know, I have no musical talent whatsoever. So, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of people well, say that. Well, it's hard to play it the way it's supposed to really be played. I mean, if you look at like Earl Scruggs, you know, and you want to play it the oh, real yeah. way the banjo is supposed to be played, it's very hard to do. And uh, there's a lot of mediocre banjo players, and I, I think I'm one of them. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, I'd like to take uh, just a second to have two final questions for you. I'm with you. Taking us away from your music, your writing, and everything else, when you get to relax and you're not touring and you watch TV or movies, what are your favorite movies of now and of the past and your favorite TV shows now and of the past? Oh, boy. Well, let me tell you. Um, My favorite movie lately was uh, Lone Survivor. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. I was very, very moved by that movie and, and Wahlberg's uh, portrayal in it, and uh, I had read the book, so I was very, very moved by that movie. And I do like military things, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Of course, my daddy was at D-Day, and we're about to see the 70th anniversary of D-Day here. I can't believe it's D-Day plus 70 years yeah. since my daddy hit that beach, but uh, that's what G.I. Joe and Lily books about. So Saving Private Ryan ranks right up there too, and I, I do tend to really enjoy. Uh, military movies of course i like all the guy movies you know tombstone the godfathers goodfellas mm-hmm. yeah. you know what guy what guy in his right mind hasn't watched hunt for red october 27 times <laughs> you know there ain't a guy in the world that can go one ping facility one ping only i mean we all we all do that so. uh i guess i like the stuff that most guys do <laughs> and as far as tv shows here uh here lately i'm kind of glad to see 24 back Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm enjoying seeing Jack Bauer again because I loved 24 back when it was a big hit before. So it's kind of fun watching Jack Bauer again, and I, I love Game of Thrones. Ah, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> oh man, Game of Thrones is huge to me. I've, I've really, really enjoyed Game of Thrones. On, on a on a smaller note, uh, just last night I, I couldn't wait to see the first episode of Longmire. I, I really like Longmire on A and E. That's the third season for that. Uh, big fan of Justified. Uh, yes, yeah. On FX. Love Justified. I'm watching Fargo, mm-hmm. yeah. which, is, which is crazy and offbeat, but that's yes. a Cone Brother thing, so I understand <laughs> that. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed The Americans on FX, too, as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as network goes, well, I said 24. Let me see. I know there's a few others I really like to watch on network. Oh, I love Blacklist this year. Ah, uh, yes. I thought Blacklist rocked. Yeah. In fact, it rock better than most of them, so I'll just, I'll just go with Blacklist. But uh, All right. Well, we'll uh, I, I, it's kind of a chick thing, but I even watch Grey's Anatomy. God, I hate to admit that. <laughs> I, I'm going to actually miss Dr. Yang. <laughs> it is a hit. It's a big hit. <laughs> and I'll tell you now, you talk TV when you said uh, shows of the past. I, I, I put myself back to the fact that um, when I was a kid, Tuesday night was my TV night. Tuesday night was it when I was growing up. I, I would watch combat. Mm. I'm going back to military. Yes. I'd watch combat, and after that, the invaders with Roy Thinnis. Roy Thinnis, yes. That's, I, I like that one. <laughs> and after that, the fugitive. Yes. Yeah. That, Tuesday nights was my TV night. My mom and dad even let me stay up on Tuesday nights so I could watch all three of my shows. It was a it was a given on Tuesday night that those three shows I had to watch. Yeah, classic. From shows. a comedy standpoint, all these years. The Honeymooner still ranks up there as, to me, one of the funniest things ever on television. Yeah, Gleason, yep. Yeah. Love Gleason, loved his work, and uh, I'll tell you what else I'm enjoying right now. I'm enjoying Fallon. Oh, really? Yeah. I, 
I think Jimmy Fallon's really cutting it on the Tonight Show, man. I think it's really good. He's in the moment. He's happy. He's fun. Uh, he seems like he's enjoying every single second of it, and he's, he's really treats everybody good on there. He's very talented, even musically. And the pace of the show and the way he's doing it, I mean, I love Jay Leno, don't get me wrong. And, I, I you know, I, I kind of miss Jay in some ways because I really like Jay. And uh, we know Jay pretty well, and I've always liked him. But uh, this thing Fallon's doing is really fresh and new, and I, 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 I really kind of enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, well, that's good. Joe, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us here. I appreciate you, you taking the time. I know you have a lot of things going on, and uh, it's, it's just, a, just an honor to have you with us. Well, you have a lot of things going on, but you compartmentalize them. You know, today the only thing I've really got on is two things, talking to you and singing at the Opry tonight. So there you go. Well, have a good time and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thanks for talking to me, man. I appreciate you uh, talking about the Oak Ridge Boys. It means a lot. Thank you, brother. What a great guy and a great guest, Joe Bonsell of the Oak Ridge Boys, right here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking to him. And uh, if you get a chance, get their new album. It's a live album with all their hits, of course, Elvira, Bobby Sue, and just so many other hits. And they're still going strong, so keep an eye out for them. See where they're touring and everything else. Uh, I, I believe they're doing some uh, cruise things and everything else. So uh, check them out. Joe Bonsell, thank you very much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, like I told you earlier, we are uh, really digging in to find more guests here at On Screen and Beyond. We have some fascinating ones coming your way. I hope you're going to tell your friends and join us each week. Uh, the last couple of months here, we have just had an explosion of listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, I really appreciate that and hope that you will continue to listen. Hope you have the guests that you like. If you have a suggestion, though, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I will see what I can do about getting that person on. It's, sometimes it's hard, but, you know, uh, sometimes we can't make a connection, and we'll see what we can do about getting your favorite person on here at On Screen and Beyond. So we appreciate that, and, of course, I always enjoy your emails that you send to me, just uh, just chatting or saying hi or whatever. We appreciate that very much. If you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. That will help more people hear about On Screen and Beyond. And as I said earlier, Tell your friends about On Screen and Beyond. We have over 319 fascinating guests that that I'm sure there's somebody there that they're going to want to hear. And uh, you just got to go to our rerun section, and in there you will see all, you know, we have it separated by seasons and things like that. And you can go and see, and there's only like, what, 52? Usually we do about 50, uh, yeah, about 50 episodes a year. And uh, they're broken down by seasons, so it makes it a little bit easier to uh, go through them. But uh, we are seven seasons going on to our eighth at the end of this year. So uh, we hope you'll keep listening, and uh, we keep getting the great guests coming your way. So that's it. That's a wrap for this week. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.